weeks ago, I was watching Wheel of Fortune. Not my favorite show. I don't like DVR it. You know, I'm not rushing home to watch Wheel of Fortune. But it just sort of came on after we were watching something else. We were switching channels. And by the time we turned it on, there was already like a half-done puzzle, you know. And so here's what came up on the screens there. And I'm looking at this, and I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm thinking to myself, I know it. I know what this is. And I was so proud of myself. And as many of you can see, it's ordering appetizers, right, you know. But that's not what I guessed. Okay? I'm sitting on my couch, surrounded by my family, and I yell out, ordering puppeteers. <laughs> What's the matter? You never ordered puppeteers before? <laughs> Isn't this a common thing we all do, right? So I'm sitting there completely embarrassed, and my wife is laughing at me so hard, I vowed to never speak again. <laughs> Has it ever felt like God vowed to never speak again? To never speak to you again? He's silent. Why does he get quiet sometimes? What's he doing in those moments. There's a stand-up comedian named Lee Ridley. And I don't know if you've heard about this guy, but Lee Ridley has cerebral palsy. He's been on Britain's Got Talent most recently. And basically what he does, because he can't speak, is he types on an iPad, which then goes to a speaker, and then broadcasts his jokes. And he's hysterical. And he goes by the name Lost Voice Guy. Has ever felt like God lost his voice? Right? We're going through life. Things are kind of all right. Maybe we're kind of feeling close to God. And suddenly, it's like he becomes silent. He becomes really quiet. And when I'm talking about silent, I'm not talking about this audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But there are times in my life I felt like God was close or I felt like he was near or he was doing something in my life. But sometimes it feels like he's just quiet. He's doing nothing. What do we do when God seems silent? Ever been there? I mean, that's tricky stuff, right? Because there's a bunch of people here in this room, man, we kind of like need to hear from God a little bit, don't we, right? Some of the situations going on in our lives, we have some things happening. It would be great if he would communicate with us a little bit here, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I think back to the toughest time I ever went through, a time of silence when I was about 20 years old. I had grown up in a great church. I had gone to Smithtown Christian School. I had great parents, best upbringing you could find. And, and here I was about 20 years old, and I felt like God just went radio silent, and here I am going, well, this is strange. What do I do now? What do I do now? I feel like the God I've always kind of trusted and, and thought was there suddenly feels like he's not. So what do I do right now? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that whole experience throughout the message a little bit here today. But here's what I got to tell you. That was the worst time of silence I've ever been through as a follower of Jesus. It was really, really hard. But the last year and a half of my life is the second toughest time of silence I've ever been through. Doug, are you supposed to say that? Aren't you the pastor? <laughs> are you supposed to admit that? But yeah, the last year and a half of my life, it has felt like God has gone kind of silent. What do we do when God seems silent? See, there's a lot of us here in the room today who really need to hear God tell them something, right? Like we got a lot of young people in this church, and many of you guys are saying, well, how do I figure this all out? What do I do next? I mean, my, what job am I supposed to take? What school am I supposed to go to? Who am I supposed to marry? Who am I supposed to date? Am I supposed to be in this relationship? Some of you guys are at that next phase. When do we have kids, God? Or, you know, where do we go? Do we move? Do we stay with this current job situation? Or do I reach out to that person? Do I try to fix this relationship that's been torn apart? What do I do? I just need to hear from you, God. Just say something. Sometimes it just feels... Like he's silent on the other end of that, right? Some of us need God to kind of heal us, you know? We're physically hurting or we're maybe emotionally broken. It's like, God, would you just help me? And it just sometimes feels like he stays quiet. Some of us need provision in our lives. We need God to just help us out. We're stuck financially. We just need to kind of get past. We need a job opening. We need a finance thing to come through. And 
quiet. Some of us, we're, we're not even worried about all that stuff. We just need to know, you ready for this? Just need to know that God is near. God, I could stay sick if I knew you were near. I could even stay in my financial struggle if I knew you were near. I just need to know you're near. Sometimes it still feels like he's quiet. That's really, really hard to navigate, isn't it? It's so important for us to talk about because when God is silent, we get ourselves in trouble. Have you ever done any of these things? One of the things we do when God is silent is we take things into our own hands, right? We figure, well, if he's not going to do something about it, I will. So we take stuff into our own hands and we try to figure stuff out ourselves, right? I don't know about you guys. I, I love my 80s metal. You guys know this about me, right? I love my 80s metal. And the, the poster boy for Christian 80s metal back in the day was a band called Striper. I would show you a picture, but I don't want to scare the women and children, okay? And so they were this band. That, they were huge. Like, they were selling out stadiums. Metallica opened up for Striper once. How crazy a world is that, right? And right about, like, early 90s, they started to get kind of, I don't know, they seemed a little bit angry, like, at God and maybe the church and stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, they just fell off the map. And it was all, I was like, where'd they go? Where'd they go? Well, 20 years, they came back. And they were all about Jesus again. And now they're just playing, like, little bars and stuff and trying to share the message of salvation with people. It's pretty cool. But somebody, I was at a concert, and somebody kind of yelled out while they were up on stage, hey, what happened there in the early 90s? And you know what they said? They said, oh, that's when we took things out of God's hands and we started trying to do them ourselves. And everything fell. And it is so easy to start to try to do our own thing when God is silent. Another thing I think we do is, I think we do something stupid. I know that sounds very theological, right? Some of you guys taking notes. Wow, it's deep, Doug, right? We do something stupid when God becomes silent. Because we can't control that God is silent, and we can't control maybe the situation that we're finding ourselves in. So let me just do something to kind of distract myself. So we take our credit cards, and we max them out. We buy some new shiny stuff just because we want to distract ourselves with some stuff. I don't know about you. What I do when I struggle with this is I, I just order some puppeteers, man. That's what I spend my time. Anybody who walked in after that first joke is like, what is this guy talking about, right? But this is what we do, right? Or we, we find ourselves in in a conversation on Facebook with like an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend back in high school, we have no business being in a conversation with. Or we end up, you know, heading down after work to the bar where we, we know we probably aren't going to make the best decisions. And, and we just kind of do something stupid because here God's quiet. So I got to control something. I got to do something, right? I think another thing that we can do is, you ready for this? Jump into the rabbit hole of doubt. You ever been there? We jump into the rabbit hole of doubt. In other words, I'm not seeing Jesus. I'm not feeling him right now. So let me just kind of get lost in the rabbit hole of doubt down there. I'm going to spend a little time down there. I'm going to ignore all the things I've seen God do. I'm going to ignore all the ways I, I, I probably could trust that he is actually still with me. But I'm just going to push that all aside. I'm going to jump down in there and get lost for a while. And that's what I have done. That's what I did. Man, 20 years old, I got lost in that rabbit hole of doubt for years. Is that where you are now? I spoke with somebody after the first service. They said, man, that's where I'm in. I'm in the rabbit hole of doubt. I got like one foot up on the edge trying to get out of that thing, but that's where I am right now. Last thing, you know what some of us do? We just give up on God. We just give up on God. Is that some of us here in the room today? Probably, right? Somebody invited us to come. Somebody dragged us along. We don't want to disappoint our spouse. We don't want to say no to our neighbor who invited us. So here we are. We don't really buy any of this God stuff because there was a time when I needed God, he was silent. He seemed distant. He seemed cold. So I don't buy any of this God stuff anymore. Is that anybody here today? Maybe that's why you're not a follower of Jesus anymore. 
Maybe you grew up in it. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe in college there was a time you were close with Jesus. Maybe in high school. Maybe even a little bit older into adulthood, but you just walked away. You gave up. What do we do when God seems silent? A guy named Asaph wrote something we can relate to. Do you know who Asaph was? Asaph was a worship leader that David had appointed. And Asaph was also a prophet, like a prophet of God. Let me ask you a question. Would you think a worship leader appointed by King David, who was also a prophet of God, would ever go through a time of silence? We'll go, no, of course not. It must have just been one big party, man. He was just always hearing from God, always close to God. Everything went great for Asaph. Listen to what Asaph wrote in Psalm 83, verse 1. Oh God, do not remain silent. That's an interesting way to say it, isn't it? You see, he didn't say, oh God, please don't become silent. He said, oh God, don't remain silent. God, you've been quiet for a while. You've been silent. And God, I need to hear from you. Please don't remain silent. Then he says this, do not turn a deaf ear. Do not stand aloof, oh God. That word aloof means detached. Even the word cold is in reference to this word aloof. Sometimes, guys, in our lives, in our experiences, as we follow Jesus, or as we, at least we try our best to, we find that it feels that God seems distant. What do we do with in these times? Verse 2. See how your enemies growl, how your foes rear their heads. Asaph's telling God, hey, I need help here. See, my enemies around me, Asaph is saying, the nations around us, they're rising up against us. They're growling at us, and I need you. Anybody ever growled at you? I actually growled at somebody recently. I was really embarrassed. I was, I was trying to... Uh, get basically prices and estimates for all this stuff you see in the room all around me while we were trying to go portable. And so I would call this one place. And, I, and, and I, every time I called them, they, the message came on. Like, oh, thank you for calling our business, but we're not open yet. And, you know, call back at this time. And so then I would call back at that time, and I still got the same message. And so finally I, I said, you know, I'm going to try one more time. And so I call back, and I get the same message. Thank you for calling our business. And I literally just went, ah, like in the phone like that. Only it was a lady <laughs> on the other end. And she was saying, thank you for calling our business. How can I help you? And I growled over the how can I help you? And then I started thinking, oh, man, I hope she didn't hear me. Maybe the how can I help you drowned out the growl. And, you know, she went home that night and was like, you know, honey, uh, this guy growled at me today. It's okay. He's from New York. It's to be expected, right? But you ever had somebody growl at you? You know what? Sometimes life growls at us, doesn't it? Sometimes sickness growls at us. Sometimes the circumstances growl. Sometimes loss growls at us. And we stand there going, God, what are you going to do about it? Why are you being so silent. David, in Psalm 109, said, my God whom I praise, do not remain silent. Same phrase. Do not remain silent. But this is King David. David's called the man after God's own heart. David has this unique, special relationship with God. There's no way God would ever let him go through a time of silence, is there? Do not remain silent. For I am poor and needy. If we jump down to verse 22, David says, for I am poor and needy. You ever felt like, God, I am so in need of you coming through right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it. My heart is wounded within me. You ever felt that? God, my heart's broken here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you still quiet? Verse 23, I fade away like an evening shadow. I'm shaken off like a locust. This references David's inability to do anything to change his circumstance, right? A shadow has zero power. A locust, if it's on your arm, you shake it off easily. Zero power to change a circumstance or situation. And then he says this, My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. Now, David wasn't doing some intermittent fasting here to work on his six-pack, okay? I actually have a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper. It's right about in here. It's right right in this spot right here. Yep. I'd show you, but I don't make you all jealous. You know what I'm saying? 
more like instantaneous blindness, you know? Have you just been like, I don't have abs, I have flabs. But anyway, um, David wasn't working on his six-pack. David was fasting and thin and gaunt because he'd been fasting for so long, waiting to hear something, waiting to hear God speak, waiting for God to come through. Have you ever been there? In Psalm 28, David says, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. So now David takes it up a notch. We're not just talking about God being silent. Now David's saying, God, do you even hear me? Don't turn a deaf ear to me, please. Because if you do, I'll be like those who go down to the pit. In other words, David's saying, I need you to come through bad, so bad right now, God, that if you don't, I literally will die. He goes on in verse 2. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. Have you ever lifted up your arms to God? Just said, God, just this one time, just if you never do it again, you know, usually we pray that prayer when our team's about to possibly win by a field goal. You know, just whatever you got to do, God, just please come through for me. But forget field goals. We've prayed that prayers in hospitals. We've prayed that prayer down on our face when our marriage was falling apart. We've prayed that prayer. Please, God, hear my cry. And then he goes on. He says, do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbors, but harbor malice in their hearts. Repay them for their deeds and for their evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back on them what they deserve. Didn't that verse take a quick turn there? Like, what just happened? We were just talking about, God, don't be silent. God, help me out. And suddenly he's praying that bad things will happen to some other people. Like, what's the deal with that? Now, I think it's important we talk about a verse like this. Because often, these are the verses in the Bible we trip over. If you're not a follower of Jesus, sometimes you look at a verse like that and you're like, see, this is why I don't follow God. Because he seems okay with David praying a prayer against somebody else. How is that okay, right? What's going on here? Well, David is praying something called an imprecatory prayer. It's a prayer of judgment against someone else. But you and I don't get to pray these prayers, see? Like you can't, you know, oh God, strike my neighbor Bob with blindness because his sprinklers went on and got my car all wet when the windows were down, right? Like, it doesn't work like that, okay? We, we can't pray those things. What you need to understand is the reason David can pray this is because he's a king of a nation. And when he prays, he's not just praying about his neighbor Bob. He is praying, God, our enemies are about to come destroy us. Protect us. Imagine the world leaders coming together around World War II, praying, God, Hitler's coming. Please strike him down. Stop what he's doing. That would be a just prayer, wouldn't it? And so here is David as a king praying this prayer. But the reason I bring up this prayer is because David is saying, God, this nation is rising up against me. And you and I, though we may not have a nation rising up against us, we do have a sickness rising up against us or a brokenness rising up against us or a depression rising up against us or fear rising up against us. And we call out to God sometimes. And it seems like he stays silent. Verse 5, because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord, and what his hands have done, he will tear them down and never build them again. Okay, so here's David. He's still in this whole, like, God, you know, knock out my enemies. But then everything changes in verse 6. He says this, Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. David, what happened, man? That was like bipolar. What just happened? You went from one extreme to the other. What just happened? How can you say that? How can you be excited? You've been talking about God being silent. You've been talking about this great need you have and suddenly you're praising God. David, what is your secret? What do we do when God is silent? He tells us in the next part. And you're not going to like the answer at first, but bear with me. This is what David's secret is. He says, my heart 
trusts in him. My heart trusts in him. David, what do I do when God seems silent? You trust him. But David, why would I do that? He's silent. He's quiet. Why would I trust him? David goes on a little bit more. He says, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. And so David is looking back in his past. He's saying, because God helped me yesterday, I know I can trust he will come through today. I will trust him. And then David goes on, and this is proof David's situation hadn't changed yet. He says in verse 9, Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Do you see that? Here's what David is saying is, hey, God, please save us because you haven't yet. Please deliver us because you haven't yet. See, his situation hadn't changed, but he's able to trust in the midst of his hardship. The battle's not over, but David says, I will trust. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you a phrase that I hope becomes part of your DNA. I want to Just pray and believe that that this is going to go sink way down in all of our hearts today for all the times we go through that seem silent. But but then you know what we're going to do? Before I get off the stage today, we're going to talk about why we should trust them. You see, it's great to know what you should do. It's more important to know why you should do it, right? And so what I hope will sink down in your guy's heart is when God is silent, I will trust him. When God is silent, I will trust him. I will not take things into my own hands. I will not head back down to the rabbit hole of doubt. I will not give up on him. I will not do something stupid. I'll trust him. Doug, why would you trust him? Why would you hang in there? What a pastor thing to say, Doug, really? You're going to pull the trust thing out after that? Why should we trust him? Well, let me give you a bunch of reasons why we should trust him. We trust God when he's silent because we've heard him in the past, right? Haven't we, right? I'd say 95% in this room would say, I've I've heard God in the past. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I bet there was a time in your life that you could look back to that you would say, you know what? I don't know if I would have said God spoke or God led, but man, something happened there I cannot quite figure out outside of him showing up. And some of us in the room might say, but I have zero history with God, Doug. Well, then you know what we got to do? We've got to look at the people around us who have history with God. And we say, because of how God's been faithful to him or her, I will trust here, even when it feels silent. I'll tell you, when I went through my huge thing years ago, this is what I didn't do. This is what I didn't do. I, I went down to that rabbit hole of doubt because I forgot all the things God had done. And when I tell you I went to a rabbit hole of doubt, I'm telling you, I was ready to give up on Jesus. I was ready to stop pursuing going into ministry. I was going to like go find Metallica and be their light guy or something because I wasn't going to do this church thing anymore. I'm not going to get up on a stage and tell people every week that Jesus can be trusted if I don't believe Jesus can be trusted. That was where I was. And I had forgotten all that God had done when I was younger and all the ways he had shown up. And so we can trust God when he's silent because we've heard him in the past. You know what else? We trust God when he's silent Because you ready? He is silent for a reason. He is silent for a reason. Maybe the loudest thing you need to hear me say today is God is not messing with you. He's not. I know it feels like that sometimes, but he sees things we don't see. He understands things we don't understand. And so he is silent for a reason. And we live in a world that loves the answer to that question, why? I mean, parents in the room, what do your kids ask you more than why? Nothing. Maybe can I have money? But why, right? It's always why. And I ask why a lot. God, why is my wife still sick after a year and a half? Seriously? You have felt so quiet on this. 
God, why are we still meeting in a school? I mean, this is great and all, but we have like zero vision of a building in our future. And I've had friends who get buildings handed to them. Why? What's your why? What's your question? He's silent for a reason. And you know what? Often, eventually we go, oh, I see why. He lets us in on that. And we go, man, I should have just trusted you see, we never brag about a time in our life when we didn't trust God. Isn't that true? We never brag. We, we never bring that up. You know it was a great time in my life was when never. We always regret that. We trust God when he's silent because he doesn't stay silent forever. Eventually, we see him show up. See, what I'm not saying today, maybe this is what you're used to in church, what I'm not saying today is, guys, just blindly believe, and when we get to heaven, we'll finally all be convinced this is true. No, what I'm saying today is sometimes God is quiet, but he's not quiet forever. And so today he might be quiet for me, but he maybe tomorrow he's going to speak. And so I encourage you guys to trust in him today because, man, the time's going to come when you go, wow, okay, I heard him. There he is. So 20 years ago, I go through this horrible time of doubt and questioning, and I got through it by God's grace and I started to see all this amazing evidence that, wow, Jesus can be trusted and he began to show up in my life in such unmistakable ways. And I'm looking at history and I'm looking at Jesus coming back from the dead. Is that even possible? And all this stuff and all these pieces came together. And then a few years after I felt like I'm good now, the doubt started to come back a little bit. And I was on vacation. I'll never forget, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh man, I'm starting to doubt all of this again. Seriously? And God was silent through that time for a little while, but the only thing I remember so clearly he put on my heart was this. Doug, don't go into the rabbit hole of doubt again. Just trust me, and if you trust me, you will see how this all plays out. You will see I'm with you. You will see I'm not silent forever. We trust God when he's silent because peace and joy are still ways we experience God. Right? So, if you woke up today and you had some peace and joy in your life, that means God's in your life. That's huge. Peace may not feel like a huge deal until you lose it. Peace may not feel like a huge deal until you talk to somebody who doesn't have any. And so maybe you're not getting your answers for where I'm supposed to move and who am I supposed to marry and what's it supposed to look like. But if you have peace and joy today, then God is at work in your life in a real way. This one's going to feel like cheating. But hang in there. We trust God when he's silent because he's actually not silent. He's actually not. It feels like he is. But here's what I can tell you from experience. There have been so many times in my life where it felt like God was quiet and he wasn't speaking to me about the things I needed to hear. And yet he was leading me all along anyway. And I was going, oh God, just give me a sign. Show me what you have for me. And all of a sudden a door slammed in my face. And I'm standing there with the door like hitting my nose like, God, come on, show up. Please give me a sign. And he didn't tell me that that door was the sign. He doesn't always let us in on the plans right away. But looking back, I go, oh man, that, that was him. And so even when I, saw, I thought he was silent, he wasn't. He slammed that door in my face and I turned and thank God I turned because now I'm in this direction and in this direction he began to speak again and he began to show up again. Lastly, most importantly, we trust God when he's silent because of how loudly he spoke to us through his son. When you and I aren't hearing the voice of God, when we're not feeling like he's near, that's the point we look back to the cross. Guys, is there any louder message that we could be given than Jesus hanging on a cross in our place? Like, Jesus, 
being placed in a tomb. Jesus rising back from the dead out of that tomb. Is there any louder message that you and I could ever be given? We have to remember the cross in the times of silence. And we have to remember, please hear me on this, that Jesus hung on the cross and his father was silent for you, for him, so that he would not remain silent for you. Jesus says, Father, why have you abandoned me? And the father could have said back in that moment, so I won't abandon all those you're saving. You have to think about the cross. The truth is, guys, we don't know how blessed we are because there have been periods of silence. Like 400 years before Jesus came, there was silence. It felt like God was up to nothing. There were whole people, generations, that lived their lives without ever seeing or hearing God do anything. But think about this. Then came Jesus. Think about it. Ready? Silence. 400 years, Jesus. Think about it this way. The longest recorded period of silence led up to the loudest recorded period of revelation. Isn't that true? That quiet time, that build up, those centuries of waiting, 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 and then suddenly God bursts on the scene, comes to rescue you and me. Let me put it this way. The longest period of silence in Scripture led up to the loudest announcement God ever made, a Savior has come. Do you know what that means for us? I hope this encourages you today. Sometimes in our lives, the longer the silence, the louder the revelation. The longer that quiet waits and builds, sometimes the louder the revelation. This was absolutely true in my life 20 years ago. As I'm in that rabbit hole of doubt and I'm digging around and I'm, I'm just so frustrated, so ready to give up on God, and then all of a sudden when it all came together, it was like boom. And I said, this is worth my life. This is worth living for. Jesus can be trusted. And do you know what else came out of that, guys? And this is so important. In all those years, I thought Jesus was being silent. I thought God was silent. He was causing me to dig for truth. And in that rabbit hole is where I dug through the first century and tried to figure out, can Jesus be trusted? Could this, this man, Jesus, could he actually have come back from the dead? Could a resurrection be plausible? Can I put my trust in this? Can I tell other people every single Sunday to put their trust in this? And through that came all this stuff that now we call the evidence CD set, which we give out, or the visitor CD, which is all about why Jesus can be trusted, and it's all on the app, and it's all there. And do you know why that's so powerful? Had I not gotten down into the rabbit hole of doubt for all those years when God felt silent, I never would have cared to dig through all of that. And now thousands of people have heard all that. If I was just okay and I believed in Jesus and there was no doubt in my mind, I wouldn't have dug through the first century for three years and tried to figure out why Jesus can be trusted. And we got eyewitnesses and this historian said that. Who cares? Jesus is alive. I'm great. But because I needed it for me, I needed it so I would believe, I spent years researching. And then at that time when I'm researching and I'm digging through history and trying to figure all this out, I didn't think, you know what, maybe someday this will come in really handy and we'll do a 10-part series on it. We'll start to give it out and it'll go on our website and thousands of people can hear it. I just thought, either I have to find out this is true or it's not because I'm only going to live for it one way. And I'm so thankful as I look back, as horrible as that time was, for that time of silence. So where are you today? Are you in that silent spot that may just lead to the loudest revelation you've ever experienced before? You see, for all these reasons I just brought up, we got to trust him. 
We got to stop taking things in our own hands. We got to stop doing stupid stuff. We got to stop jumping down to that rabbit hole of doubt and getting lost and abandoning all the things God's done before. And we got to stop giving up on Him. A few weeks ago, I fell asleep early, and I'm a night owl. I'm usually up late, but I fell asleep early, and I woke up the next morning to a text from my daughter Bryn. And first, she just asked the question, and I didn't respond because I was asleep, right? And then she wrote, "Hello?" question marks. And I didn't respond. And then she went Spanish. Hola, question marks. And again, I didn't respond. And do you know what she did? She came running in over my bed. Dad, wake up. Are, you didn't respond. I, are, you, are, are you still here? Are you, do you still exist? That's not what she did. You know what she did? She turned her phone off. She turned over. And she went to sleep. But she trusted. She trusted there's a good reason in that moment, I didn't respond. And she knew I was trustworthy because I've come through for her over and over and over again in the past. And she didn't take things in her own hands and she didn't do something stupid and she didn't give up on me and she didn't decide she's going to doubt my existence. She trusted, even though in that moment she didn't have the answer she was looking for. Is that where you are today? Can I tell you what will happen if you trust? You'll hear him again. I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but you'll hear him again. I'm living proof of that. And many of you are as well. And in the darkest place, we always have to look back to the cross because it's the loudest God's ever spoken. And could it just be that the longer the silence, the louder the revelation? If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I'd love for you to put your trust in him. I'll give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But I hope today you are moved and challenged and encouraged to keep on going. If you're down there in that rabbit hole of doubt, to put a foot up on the edge like that person said in the Latin of the last service and start to walk your way out of that thing and begin to trust again. And this is not a blind trust. You will see how this all plays out. But our heart has to be, when God is silent, I will trust him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being so good to us that although we go through hard stuff, man, life is so hard sometimes, that God, you're with us and that you're not silent forever and you're always silent for a reason, that you're not messing with us. And we thank you, God, that we can trust you. We can trust you because of what you've done in the past. We can trust you because of the cross. You are trustworthy. And I just pray for strength for every one of us. When we're down on our knees and our arms are raised and you still feel silent, that God, by your grace, you grab hold of us and you pull us out of our pit, like David says. I thank you, God, that while some of us have a grip on you, your grip on us is so much bigger. If you're a father of Jesus and you're wrestling through this, I just encourage you now to really be honest with God. The thing I love about God is he wants honest conversations with us. And so maybe today your conversation is, God, you feel far. You've been so quiet. It's been so long since I've felt you. I've heard you. I've seen you. God, help me trust you. 
you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I would just encourage you to pray something like this, just quietly, it's between you and God. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me, for forgiving me. I put my trust in you right now. And I ask you to be my Savior, my God. And I pray you will show me how real you are. Thank you for this gift of salvation. If you aren't ready to take that step today, there's one more prayer I'd love for you to pray. If you're here today, say, Doug, I'm just not ready. I'm too hurt by God. I'm too angry at him. There's just one more thing I'd ask you to do. Would you pray a prayer like this? God, if you're there, will you show me?